Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast. We are back in Studio Breezy. Mix and Toby are here, tearing up some frozen peanut butter out of some Kong bones. Uh, Ella will be home at some point, so there will be an interruption. Sorry, listeners. And I am here without uh, the normal cohort of Jay, Smitty, and Matthew, because all of them are being lame tonight. So it's just me and my special guest. Nick Nelson. Nick Nelson. Hey. Hey, baby. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Welcome. I'm wonderful. Welcome to the studio, which is my guest room and beautiful Brainerd. Um, Dude, let's jump straight into it, man. Where? Uh, tell me about where you're from. Where'd you grow up? Tell me about your so- when you started playing soccer. Just kind of start from the beginning. Okay. Um, I'm from Gwinnett County, Georgia. Um, I tend to say Atlanta, but truthfully, everyone that knows, it's, it's, it's really Gwinnett. Sure. And people in Chattanooga probably know the difference, whereas maybe if you were yeah. living in California, for example, they might not know the difference. Exactly. Um, I started playing soccer when I was four, and I've really just stuck with it since. Uh, I've been playing... I started off playing striker, actually. Okay. And then at 12, I transitioned into a goalkeeper. Why? Why? Because our keeper broke his finger. He was not very good, to be honest. And I would always mess around at practice and just jump in goal. So they, they gave me a shot, and I've just been in goal ever since. Nice. Now, did you catch on real quick? Did you love it initially? Or was it one of those things where he was injured for long enough that you kind of settled in? How did that work? I definitely loved it, and I had to play the rest of the season in goal, but... There was like a quick realization that I do not know what I'm doing as a goalkeeper. Yeah. I was just a raw <clears throat> shot stopper. Yeah. And after that, when you realize there's more to it than that, there's a little a little drop off in, in confidence. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like yeah. playing goalkeeper, like one error for you means so much more than one missed tap in or one missed, you know, whatever from anybody else. Exactly. So when you transitioned to goalkeeper, did you ever transition back out and play anywhere else or was it just goalkeeper from then on? goalkeeper from then on all right what number did you wear or did you have a number that you wore before you were a goalkeeper mm. <clears throat> i always wore 17 okay yeah that was that was my dad's favorite number and I, I think he wore it when he was growing up in jamaica so i just carried on that tradition my brother wore it as well nice and what number do you wear now i wore 23 last season yeah i'm going with 24 this season okay why very very hard-hitting podcast questions yeah, on this yeah. one i'm going straight for it um this year, 24, because Kobe. Yeah. Favorite athlete. I, I genuinely uh, cried when he when he passed or when mm. I found out about it. And he he's just a big inspiration for me. Heard. Yeah, totally. And then was 23 for Michael or was it just happened to be? It was both. I mean, it was one of the only numbers that was available. And I mean, I just thought. It's also it, a good one. Yeah, it'd be pretty audacious to go into rookie season with 23. As, as the goalkeeper, too. <laughs> exactly. That's uh yeah, I love that. I love that. So, uh, tell me a little bit of, of your story going from the, uh, the 12 year old transitioned to goalkeeper, right? So you're, you're playing goalkeeper. Were you playing Academy? Were you playing travel ball? Were you playing high school? What were you like? Where does your kind of soccer journey go from there? Right. I was playing club soccer until about 16. And then I started playing Academy mm. with a team called Georgia United, which is now essentially Atlanta United. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big Academy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, unfortunately it didn't didn't become Atlanta United Academy until later. Yeah, you're a little older than that, right? Yeah. How yeah. old are you? I'm 25. Yeah, so d- it probably would have... It, was it 2017 or 2018 that they became? So it would have been... Something like that. It was you would have still... A few years after. You'd have been an adult at that point, out of the academy yes, scene. Yes, So close. Yeah, would have been nice, but I definitely got opportunities from playing with Georgia United Academy. And yeah, from then on, the Jamaican national team got to see me play. 
I got called up and earned a starting spot, played in the World Cup qualifiers, and um, yeah, got a lot of opportunities since then. That's real. That's really cool, man. Yeah. Um, so, what was it like representing your? So, you said your dad's Jamaican. Is your is your mom Jamaican as well? Both my parents. Okay, so like, what was it like? Was that like a dream come true? Was it just out of nowhere? Like, what was that like? Honestly, it was it was a lot to take in at once. It, I didn't even process the magnitude of of representing a country, mm. which actually took a lot of the pressure off. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about that. But um, it was it was a great experience, honestly. Now, did you have you spent time back in Jamaica? Yeah, yeah. Just so it, his family and stuff. Okay. No, so the reason I ask is I um, oh now I'm break now I'm there's like five different players that have come in recently. Michael Antonio, sorry, Michael Antonio was saying like this is my it's it's such a big deal for me to go back like I'd never been I'd never been before whatever and I don't know what was you know like how much was he was just trying to tell a good narrative or whatever but I remember him talking about what it meant to be on the island I was at the game where he scored to make it 1-1 that banger a few a few months ago and like seeing his comments afterwards just reminded me like representing sometimes the country of your parents birth or whatever else it's probably a really unique experience that I mean I'll I'll never represent any country much less uh you know much less the, uh, so a whole country with, with my athletics. I hear you. Yeah. And what a finish that was, by the way. Unbelievable. Actually, U.S. should have lost that game. Thank God the VAR wasn't in. Um, yeah, it was. look, it was a great time. But uh, when, when you have the best striker in the Confederation, like mm -hmm. that's always on the table. True. And he is an absolute monster. Like the, the, what he did the, on that, like that is just pure, like there's no stopping that. Like that is him going, I'm putting this game on my back. I mean, because that that was a you know twenty probably twenty seven yards twenty five yards like, on the on the on that if if might have even been further than that and unsavable, yeah he's he's a he's very good and I'm a I'm a known Mikel Antonio hater when he was a right back like I was like this guy's trash I'm obviously wrong but I was like this guy and then he just kept scoring kept scoring and then like you know the bit I continued the bit like oh he's trash but obviously he's not and now he's like one of the best strikers in the Premier League mm -hmm. and at some point you have to be like all right well I guess I got that wrong when he was when he was a right back much uh, now he's one of the best strikers. But yeah, he's he's unbelievable. So you play some academy. You go through. Did you play college soccer? I played at Georgia Gwinnett College for yeah. a little bit. I never got on the field. I I couldn't truly balance work, soccer, and academics. Mm. You have to take a certain amount of hours in college to be eligible. And to be honest, yeah, balancing school with yeah. with work and soccer was just not my thing. I can take maybe one two classes at a time and and be on my shit but yeah as far as that no dude I, I feel you as a kid that needed all the riddling in the world to to do stuff if i that was just a pass like yeah i i feel you same here same here i had my i had my adderall it's 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 tough man yeah. it's tough by the way you have a great voice for podcasting i wish i had the deep the deep <laughs> dulcet tones um, i'm jealous over here uh so how did you get to cfc then year of 2020 i really just put my head down and i grinded i I trained twice every day or every mm -hmm. day I could. Uh, I was with one of the Atlanta United goalkeeper instructors, Diego Casillas, and we really just went to work. I decided to give it one more true go at going professional. And, um, yeah, one training session, Darwin, a former CFC player, came. He was there. He saw me training. He was like, bro, give CFC tryouts a go. I'll put in a word for you with, with Coach Fuller. And also Ryan Marcano was there, so he put in another word for me and – when I went to the trial, they they saw me. Coach Fuller put me on hold for a little bit, but eventually I, I just I got the chance to get signed. 
Yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, last year, and, and I want to know your side of the story on this. So I remember they, um, at a certain point, they were like, you know, thank you, three players. Like, it's been a pleasure having this. So I think it was you, and it was uh, McGrath, and it was um, Kyle. And, like, it was like, you got, like, those two were retiring, and then you weren't coming back. And I remember, like, you DM'd me, and you're like, no, 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 like, we're, we're, we're working through this. So, like, yeah. what kind of, I mean... You, you actually don't have to tell the story if you don't want to, but like okay. if, if you're comfortable telling the story, like what happened? Like, how, cause you're back, like you were back a month later. Like, yeah. you know, it wasn't just like you're back now. Like, yeah, I mean, that was a real difficult time. Uh, that was a time where, where the former CFC keeper, Phil D'Amico, he was, he was like in between injury. So he was deciding if he's going to come back and play another season or whatnot. So what happened was I was expected to resign and that was the plan, but he wanted to come back and, and try and give it a go. So after all he's done for the club, I think they, they wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and sure. allow him that shot. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the best time personally for me, but we were kind of on the rocks on whether I was going to re-sign or, or not. Um, eventually it worked out in my favor and I was able to re-sign. Yeah, so you, you just didn't give up. Because I remember seeing yeah. you, I remember seeing an Instagram a picture from you like the next day at like 5 a.m. working out in the gym because it was like it shows when you good, post it right good memory yeah. like because I, I was like damn i getting at it early like <laughs> is that a, now is that a thing that you do or are you like a ryan marcano type of guy where you're up early every day every day that i can i try so what time do you like to get up normally ideally i'll get up at 5 or 5 30 why kobe bryant theory work while others are sleeping yeah it, it feels good knowing when I walk in the locker room that I'm on my second session of the day and it, I just, I see a difference mentally going into training and like how I perform when I do wake up early. Nice. So what do you like to do with that morning time? Like, are, are, is it always a workout? Is it sometimes other stuff? Like what are, what do you do with your morning time? Yeah. Most of the time I'll just get up and go straight to the gym. Cause if not, I'll probably fall back asleep. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do, I'll do a nice core workout. I won't do too much where I can't function for training but I'll get myself warm and then ideally I'll, I'll, I'll go in the studio and I'll work on some music or I'll learn something, read, I'll work on instrumentation and yeah. What kind of music do you do? I produce a lot of hip hop, R and B. I produce everything. I'm very experimental with it. So now are you actually making the music or are you producing other people's music? Is it collabs? Like how does, how does it look? I, I like to produce my own music right now. Okay. But I have produced for, for other people. Nice. So, so you're trying, you're getting up. If you get up at five 30, you're hitting the gym at six or six 15, mm-hmm. get, getting your workout in and then doing something for you before you start the day. I try. Yeah. Yeah. And then what time do you guys train in the morning? Have to be in the locker room by eight 15. Okay. So, and you, and you feel like if you've had already had a session, you're, you're sharper, you're, you're more on it. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a really strong belief and I, I did this but when I had a regular job that like the, you spend the best hours of your day working for somebody else. And like, that's not great on a CFC podcast, me suggesting you shouldn't do that. Um, but it, I, I, when you're going to an, a nine to five, for example, right. if you're spending your best hours, when you, if you're trying to pursue your dreams, if, if that job is not your dream, obviously, and maybe for C, maybe CFC, like it might be different for professional athletes. But for me, when I had a nine to five, I wanted to do something productive in the morning for me and my dreams, as opposed to leaving it to the end as the least important thing of the day. Right. I wanted to pursue those things as the most important part of my day. So even if I had a shit day and my you know boss was an asshole or whatever else, or just the customers were or, or 
everything went sideways. At least I knew that 45 minutes in the morning or hour, because I usually get about an hour of work in is what I try to do on something that I cared about. It might be towards my dreams. It might be Chattahoolian stuff. It might be nonprofit stuff. It might be stuff bettering myself, whatever it is. Like, I, and I did that for for a good portion of the seven years that I worked in a nine to five. Like the days that I got up and did that, which was most days, I was so much happier at the end of the day because at least even if everything went to shit, I knew that I got that hour towards the stuff that I cared about and towards my dreams as opposed to just building somebody else's dream. Yeah. And I heard a saying recently um, from a, a, a different podcast host, not not me, obviously, that said, um, he said, if you keep, it was basically like, it, it, the, uh, it's a parable. It's like the boss says to the employee, hey, listen, you did a great job this year. If you work this hard again next year, I'll be able to afford to buy myself another Ferrari. And it's like, I never wanted to buy build somebody else's Ferrari. I wanted to build build it so I could buy my own. So I respect the hell out of getting up early because, I mean, it takes a lot of self-control, a lot of self-discipline. And on the days I do, I definitely notice like that that weight off my shoulders. I yeah. feel so much better. So I also notice, I also, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I Instagram stalked you a bit, and I've definitely seen some stories of you maybe journaling on your front porch or maybe you're writing music. What are you, uh, oh, yeah. what are you writing? I'm just writing my thoughts down. And it's, it's so therapeutic, honestly. It, it helps me become more affluent when I speak. Okay. And it honestly just helps me get a lot of the thoughts that I don't necessarily say or translate into words. They just out of my chest, out of out of my soul, out of my being. So what, what kind, like when you say journal, are you just like writing whatever comes to you that day? Do you have a specific format? Like how do you do that? I'll just sit there and meditate and I'll just think about all the thoughts that come to my head. Like... Or I'll just I'll just write down all the thoughts that come to my head. Sorry. Nice. And I'll just sometimes it'll be meditations or like things that I want to apply to my life, um, like be more patient, be more patient, or practice the pause before you talk. That's something that I'm working on. What kind of meditation do you do, or is this the form of meditation? Breathing, breathing meditation, or just sitting there in a in a state of serenity, mm. calmness. Kind of like the the transcendental meditation, or, or so I'm not a, I'm not a great meditator, but I do know that when I practice TM or my my version, it's called my version of TM because I don't even know if I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. Like the the closing for me, it works better to close my eyes, count my breaths, mm -hmm. and try not to judge the thoughts that pass, but also try not to dwell, especially on any of the thoughts that pass. Right, yeah. and I I find you you the thing that brought that to my mind is when you said like that second before you speak, yeah. or that second before you react. I find if I do meditate and I'm a first of all, I'm just a better person and I'm not doing it like I should. So I need to be doing it more often because for whatever reason, it just gives me a little bit of space. And I don't know if you find this, but a little bit of space between my reactions and my actions, just a smidge. It, there's just like an extra little like split second of, I don't even know. I want to call it clarity, just patience between that where I sometimes I'm going to react a little bit better or sometimes I'm going to react with a little more thought. And I'll internalize things a little bit less. It won't be pure emotion. There'll be a little bit. Right. Because like emotions dominate. Like, and they, uh, my dad always says when emotions go up, IQ goes down. Uh, yeah. When emotions go up, IQs go down. Mm -hmm. And like, like if that. you're, if you're hyped up, like ticked off, horny, whatever, like your, your IQ goes, like you make bad decisions. Like yeah. so you gotta be, you know, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> yeah. We all make, I mean, we all make mistakes. I've said some dumb things. I'm sure my wife can uh, attest to if you're, if you're upset, like, or if you're whatever. So. Um, so is that an everyday practice journaling and trying to meditate? Is that a, I, I like to do it every day, but I don't, sometimes it'll just be a guided meditation. I like to listen to 
Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. And I'd recommend some of his books as well. Yeah, go for it. Power of Now, Stillness Speaks. It's definitely game changer. Hell yeah. I've not read I've not read either. I do know Eckhart Tolle just from listening to stuff about. Um I if people yeah, people should read that. I I've one of the ones I really liked for meditation. If you don't like spirit I don't are those books particularly spiritual? Yeah. Because I find that some people don't like that. And I'm not saying like I, I like that. I read um I'll pull up in a second. Um but I, I liked Ten Percent Happier by Dan Harris. I've heard of it. It was it's just like a almost like a skeptic's guide to meditation kind of thing. It's just like a, a guy who's not like in the religious side of it being like, no. Hey, like this made me ten percent happier. Yeah. Would you would you consider yourself religious? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I, I go in and out. Like I, I, so I was I was raised by a pastor and a nurse, so like I, it, it runs in my blood, and like to a certain extent, I, I definitely think there's something out there. Um, I, I struggle to. I find it much more plausible that God exists than God doesn't exist. Um, past that, I vacillate on what I believe. Okay. So like, yeah, it's hard. What do you think? Getting in deep on this. Yeah, we are. Uh, for starters, my dad was a preacher as well. Ah, all right. Got that in common. Uh, I believe in the source. I don't. I don't really believe in in dogmatic thinking, or I try and stray from it. Okay. It's really hard because I'm, I'm so ingrained in it all the time. But yeah, it's part of your past, like it's part of mine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I believe in the source. I don't know how it should be worshipped or or not. I just. I, I just do think that there there is a God. Yeah. I like I just find like I don't and I am trying to figure it out. Right? I'm I'm currently reading things. So my uh my best friend died last year and I'm not saying that to look for sympathy, like it just is what it is. Sorry. Um yeah, but yeah, thank you. But he so when he died, he had this unbelievable um peace, like true peace. And I it's I I can explain it one of two ways. Mental illness, which I don't think it was. Or like an actual genuine relationship with a higher a higher power, mm-hmm. and like so he had he was he didn't want to die, but he wasn't he was not scared. And I saw him on his deathbed in his work. I mean, I, I, we flew out to California to say bye to him. Like he was barely alive, and he the peace that he had made me go. I got to figure out. I mean, and I may not have the same experience, but I got to figure out what gave him that peace because like this is a guy I've known since I was two years old. Like. You know, his parents are my second parents. Like, I know that this is not bullshit. Like, this is not, this comes from a real place. Now, just because he had that piece doesn't mean I'm going to automatically find that piece or that I'm going to find the same truth he found, but it made me start readjusting and re-looking at. So I've been doing some Bible studies with a friend of mine, and I've been trying to read things from smart people talking about religion, because I find it's really hard a lot of times to find, and I mean this with, with, with respect to people, people talking, smart people talking about religion. There's a lot of like, just trust and it'll be okay. Yeah. And like, that's not helpful. Like, I I mean, don't get me wrong. Like that, if that works for you, great. But like, it doesn't work for me. So yeah, it it's made me like try to push back in and try to figure out what I believe. And I still don't know what I believe. I've come to the idea that, or, or a, the pretty strong realization, at least for me, I, I think it's more likely that a much, much more likely and more plausible that something exists, that something started all of this. Like there's something, whether we have an intelligent design or intelligent creator or, or evolution or some comedy, I don't know. And I honestly, I don't really care. Like that's not the thing I'm worried about. But like, on the other hand, I find it much more likely that something started this. And then of course, like from there, I'm still trying to figure out what I believe. Because what I don't want to do is be on my deathbed and have, I'm, I don't know that I'll ever have the PC had because I, that was just 
I, I don't know. I've not seen I've not seen people die, but he had a piece that I'll that I want to know why he had that piece. You know, I'm trying to find. Uh, I just. Oh, now you're getting the full Toby experience. Yeah, yeah. Nick got Nick got that. You can push him off if you don't want him to. Uh, love it, love it. Uh, like oh yeah, he's been licking that peanut butter. Um, oh, I can't find it. Anyway, I'll I'll try. I was looking through my Audible to find the book on meditation that I wrote. It was Thich Nhat Hanh that wrote it, um, but I don't remember what. Oh, yeah, he's just just sitting on you. Uh, so I don't remember what it was, but it was a great book. Um, but yeah, anyone I rec- I think pe- more people should try meditation. I'm not trying to push it on people, obviously, but like I think more people should try it. It's fun to play around with. I used guided meditations from the Calm app. Not sorry, not Calm, um, which which they just started charging more. So Headspace. Um, so I don't oh, yeah. I don't pay for the service. So like I, ha- I used to just use the free ones over and over. Yeah. And if I use the free ones five or six days in a row, then I could just do my own from then on. But my longest streak is like. 27 days or something and i'm i'm not i i probably have meditated three days in the last three months so um i don't know it's i need to get back to it i feel like i'm a better person but now now that everyone's turned this podcast off they've listened to you and me talk about meditation um <laughs> now that we got them sleeping now that we got them sleeping uh no they should try it so what position would you like to play besides your primary position so if you were not a goalkeeper and and striker, striker yeah 100 why wayne rooney he was my favorite player growing up, and I really just emulated his playing style. So. Yeah, you had the, you were that you had pit bull, like just get in there and oh, yeah. smash. Yeah. Now, how tall are you? Six one. Now, how did like six foot one's a good size for a keeper? Were you always tall, or did you grow into it? Like, were you a short keeper early on in your career? Yeah, I was a short keeper for for most of it. My athleticism definitely helped get me out of situations where it would just be hard to be a short goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, six one is still on the on the brink of being too short. But I wouldn't say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you're not like obviously most keepers at, that are playing at, if you're playing at Barcelona, you're probably six foot four, right? Yeah, at least. But like, and, and you probably have like a six foot eight wingspan, like, mm-hmm. or you're Courtois and you're six foot five with a seven foot wingspan or whatever else. Yeah. But like those people, are, those are freaks, and there's not that many of them out there, yeah. right? Like those, you know, those are human two point and the rest of us that are like normal size, that's mm-hmm. five ten, five eleven, six foot, six foot one. Like, yeah, I feel like six one's a good size for a, a professional soccer player. Yeah. It depends where you're playing. Like, if you're playing in England where, where the average height is, like, I'm like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and a lot of tall players, it's going to be hard for a short keeper. But if I'm playing in South America, um, where, yeah, they're not very tall over there. Yeah. It would, I could, yeah, I could hold my own. And if you think of American keepers, too, Nick Romando. Nick Romando was all a 5'10". Yeah, he's very short. And he was absolute monster. His vertical is crazy. Yeah, and and, and it's, some of it is reading and anticipation and all the other things, right? Like, I mean, Greg Hartley's the, you know, the CFC classic keeper, and he was legitimately 5'8". Jordan was telling me about him. Did, Greg was a monster. He went to your college. He went to Gwinnett. Really? Yeah. I don't know um, how long he was there. I don't know how... I've, like, I know it was a while, but I don't know how many years he played. He had a long stint in college. Um, but I don't know how many years he was playing, if he was just attending or whatever else. But he, dude, he was a monster. He should have been playing. So he was. He came up in Manchester City's uh, youth academy like, at the same time Joe Hart came up. And like the rumor is, and I don't know what's true, but I, I like this, like Joe Hart and him were competing for playing time, and he was sitting Joe Hart on the bench a lot. Like he won a, he won a youth FA Cup with uh, the under-19s. But... Eventually, he quit growing. He was legitimately he he was listed at five foot eleven or five foot ten. Dog, he was like five eight, five seven. I mean, he was not, but unbelievable everything else. So, like, as long as you didn't get to a level where players were like able to just curl it around him because they had the time and space and yeah. they were unbe- like, he was unbelievable. 
would you say he's the best keeper to play for CSU? Probably. Probably. Uh, it's, it's so he also he also played there from 2000 with us 2012 to 2016. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. So I think five five full seasons. And so it's hard like I think he is. I think he is, but I don't know. It's also hard to judge because we were playing in the NPSL only. Okay. And so like how do you judge the the competition difference like I can in my mind envision it but like it's yeah. it's just apples to oranges in some respect but he would have been playing it's my opinion that he would have been playing in MLS if he was five foot eleven mm-hmm. and Bill Elliott said that before too Bill has said like he'd been playing in MLS if he was like five ten five eleven he was just li- like he was listed at that but like that's not what he really was so what would you say were his best attributes or what was so good about him that you're saying he's the best keeper to ever play for CFC it's reading the ball he I can't tell you the amount of one-on-one saves he made he was unbelievable coming out his decision making was great he was good with his feet Mm -hmm. Um, he wasn't an exceptional player of the ball with his feet but he was good he could sweep or keep he could come out one on I mean he had so many one-on-ones because that team would keep the ball for so long and if they did get broke on a lot of times the whole team be pushed up the field and he would he would save one-on-one um, the, his only weakness was he couldn't get the corners. So if you could hit it, if you were just really, really good and you could hit it in the corner, you could get it to the corner. Okay. But he could come and he could come out and get it in his own box. But like when you're that short, like you're going to struggle a little bit. But that still wasn't a giant weakness. His anticipate he was good at everything. There wasn't anything. He was it was just his physical size that limited him. Also, he was like five six, probably five seven, five eight. Let's call him five eight. But he was probably five six. But say he was five eight, two hundred pounds. Mm. He's a He's a, he's a, he got, he was like Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. He's a, he's a little, little chunky. Um, that's, that's very inspiring, honestly. He's a bad dude, man. And, nice. and like, Greg was an unbelievable player, wild dude. Like, also, like, you know, they say goalkeepers are crazy. Like, you have to be. Like, he was a little crazy, like, in, in both on and off the field. Like, he was a wild boy. And, like, you could see that in his play. Like, he had no fear. There's a, there's definitely a, a picture somewhere of him punching the ball and getting cleated right in the chest. I mean, he was, he's a monster. Um, but yeah, I think it just because of how long he played, because of what a dominant force he won. He was a f- he played six years in the NPSL, I guess. So I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he got here in 2011. Anyway, he played six years in the NPSL. He won four NPSL Golden Gloves, best goalkeeper in the league four times. Wow. So like every other people recognized it too. Yeah. But hopefully, uh, we'll have you and other and others surpass him eventually, right? Like that's the goal. That's always the goal. He would he would have killed to have your frame for sure. And he was also a little older. I think he was going on. He's roughly my age, so by the time he played his last season, he was probably thirty almost. That's the prime for a goalkeeper. Yeah, so that I think that helps. He's still playing. I think he, he went straight back and signed to the fifth division in England, nice. and then he's I think he's playing in the seventh division now. But he's still playing now, mm-hmm. even as a like a he's got a full time job. He was goalkeeper co- goalkeeper coaching and then working something else. So shout out Greg if somehow you're listening. But yeah, he was an absolute monster. I think he's the best player. I don't know. That's it's a good question because again, maybe if you put <clears throat> you or Alec or Phil. Or maybe Kevin now, if you put you guys in the MPSL, maybe it's, I would see it differently. But I think that that's close. Yeah, I mean, if you put us side by side, you might see a lot of similarities. But at the end of the day, it's it's what you've done for the club. Yeah. You know, the the games you won. So Exactly. Also, he he once saved, uh, in a playoff game, he saved a penalty during regulation and then saved all three spot kicks. Wow. They went to, it was a playoff, it was playoffs and they went and he saved, they took three, he saved all three. Mm -hmm. We made the first three and then it was over just monstrous yeah toby just lick that mic that'll that'll go over well in the podcast man nice feature uh so uh what oh the other thing i didn't ask you is was rain wayne rooney always your soccer idol was he the number one like guy for you always yeah. even once you transitioned to keeper it was still just wayne rooney yeah always 
Do you have a favorite keeper? I have a couple. The, the OGs, um, Buffon and Casillas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my generation of keepers. Yeah. That's the guys when I was watching the most soccer. I still watch, but like that was when I was watching the most. Why Buffon? Buffon, you can tell he just genuinely loves goalkeeping, and he's so passionate about it. He's still playing. Yeah. He doesn't have to. <laughs> so he said, he made some comment the other day, and it was so crazy. He said something to the effect of, I if I wasn't learning and getting better every day, I wouldn't still be playing. And they were like, huh, like and people were like looking at him funny. And he's like, I think he's 45 now, 44, mm-hmm. something like that. And he was like, he's playing in Serie B. And he's like, look, I have to learn how to be better with my feet and be a sweeper keeper. And I'm learning to be a sweeper keeper. And I'm getting better every day. And if I don't, didn't think I could do it, I wouldn't still be playing. And it's just like that drive, man. Exactly. He's, he's a millionaire. He's made millions from playing soccer. He doesn't need to still be here. Yeah, he doesn't need it at all. He doesn't need it at all. Yeah, pull that mic a little closer if, okay. uh, if you want to lean back, um, which you can. Just make sure you keep it, uh, gotcha. keep it close. Gotcha. First impressions of Chattanooga when you got here. Had you been here before? No, never been here before. When I came up here on trial, wow, just reminiscing on it now makes it, it seem like a completely different place. But, I mean, everyone really embraced me. It was nice. I was like, wow, this is a very scenic place. It would be, it'd be cool to, to get my foot in the door here. Yeah. So, yeah. That was my first impression. And then when you went home this summer, or I'm sorry, not this summer, this off season, right? Used to the things. I'm thinking school, not school. Uh, you went home in the off season. What was the thing you missed most? Or actually, did actually maybe a better question? Did you go home, or did you stick around here? I was in between. Okay, I, I kept my property here because just in case something happened, or you know, they didn't. They they may have uh, wanted a third keeper. I, I knew that, so I just I kept my place, but I was home for most of the off season. Okay, now what are you what are you doing now? So my understanding is you're you're the ultimate hustler on the team. You got like someone told me you got like six jobs yeah, or something. True. Like what are you what are you up to these days? Like what you're making? I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, um, I got to support myself. So I, I'm working at the high school, working with the CFC Academy, also working with the the goalkeepers with the academy. Okay. Um, I also have another job in Atlanta that I go to on a weekly basis so just you know trying to stack some money and also learn how to to be smart with it how to save that's that's where i'm at right now nice so so you you kept you said you kept your your spot up here mm-hmm. so that you could come back like what what high school are you coaching at macaulay nice how is that it's good we have a good group of goalkeepers and good good standards so it's it's nice to to really work them had now how had you coached before yeah yeah i've been coaching since i was like 16 <laughs> nice so like this is that something you want to do after your playing career is done not necessarily i i just want to invest all my time into music once once i'm calling it with soccer but if if i need to my resume is pretty impressive with coaching so if i need to make some money it's always an option oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. toby quick quick growling bro <laughs> uh so Interesting. So music is the, is the passion then after after soccer or not, maybe not after soccer, but when soccer's done, yeah. like that's the that's the next dream or the or the dream that you'll yes. put the more the rest of the time into. Soccer is my first love. Music second. Beautiful, beautiful. Listen, kids, pursue your dreams. Nick's currently doing two of them. Always. Um, so what did you miss? What do you miss most besides family and friends uh, from about Atlanta, about home? I know you're not not Atlanta, Atlanta. Are your parents in Atlanta now? When you go back, are you in Atlanta? Or are you still in Gwinnett County? Gwinnett, Gwinnett. Okay, That's so home base what do you miss most about home when you're here besides friends and family? I feel like everyone misses friends and family. So home cooked food. Yeah, yeah. There used to be a Jamaican spot here. 
it closed. Uh, real sad story. The husband, there was a husband and wife and the husband got in, a, I think, a car accident. And so she didn't keep, or vice versa, maybe the wife got in, which super big bummer. But yeah. it was, I don't want to like, le- like the only reason I say that is like, it was such a cool spot. And like, I hope that someday somebody will reopen another spot. Cause it was, it was actually not far from, like it, on, it was on Broad Street. And it's, I think maybe it's an Asian restaurant now. I've not been back in. So I, I'm just judging by the sign that went by. But it, when the Jamaican national team came here and played in 2017, I think, or 2018, mm-hmm. um, they all went there because they had a big sign thing in there. It was it was cool. And I was just asking last week why we don't have a Jamaican spot here. There was also a Jamaican jerk chicken like hut on Dodds mm-hmm. just down from Macaulay like for a few months. I went in there and it was awesome. This was like a place you go up to the window and the lady like gives you the chicken and you leave. Like so good. Nice. It was, yeah, I, I hope that place opens back up. When we went to Jamaica, we were, dude, we had such a good time, man. That was so, and like the thing that hit me the most was like, this is so stereotypical, but like Jamaican jerk chicken, like the chicken was just so, everything was fun. Everything was good, but the chicken was just like, I want more. I couldn't get enough. Like that's that's my go-to dude. Can you make it? Can I make it? No, no. So I can't, I I tried to look up how to make it. And I guess it can't be that hard, but like, it just like, it wasn't something I felt like I could like tackle. So I'm like, all right, well now I got to find someplace to get it from. Cause like, I don't think I'm going to pull this off. You can honestly ask my mom to teach me probably do that so when you're home what kind of food does your mom cook she cook like a mix or she cook all jamaican food like what is she she'll cook a mix but she's she's really nice with the with the jerk chicken with the curry goat she she makes a lot of stew peas and sometimes my dad will even cook and he's really good with soup nice soup interesting do jamaicans cook a lot of soup uh yeah they do yeah so like Romanians, my wife's Romanian and like they cook a lot of soup. Like just like Italians have pasta, like Romanians have soup. Yeah. Like they're all soup I've and actually, bread. I've had it before. Romanians. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Do you remember what kind you had? No, I can't. It's all good. There's so many kinds. That's, yeah. yeah R- Romanians made me like, like I liked soup. Okay. But like that you start to get like, you eat it every, like we would eat it every Saturday after church. And like, eventually I was like now at a Saturday afternoon after church and I don't have soup. Like just felt, just feels off. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, what would you be if you were not a pro soccer player or a musician? What would I be? Probably a psychologist. Okay. Yeah. Now, wait, also, do you consider yourself a musician or a producer or something different? I know you said you're mostly producing music, but that's obviously your own music. So how, like, how does that classify? How do you classify that? I mean, I consider a musician anyone that uses their their voice or other instrumentation to to create music so yeah i would consider myself a musician okay um i would like to to get into singing as well as as rapping and and going on my own production at some point in time but i don't think right now is the best time for that got a lot on your plate yeah it's a lot going on yeah you're you mean not what you can do in your free time yeah yeah uh jean jackets yay or nay you can rock it right if, if you know what you're doing and you can pull it off if you're kyle carr, <laughs> kyle carr the, what a guy. the king of jean jackets man <laughs> yeah. the king of jean jackets how about double denim would you dare not for me yeah i can't pull it off either yeah. but i respect it smitty smitty can you drink coffee frequently how do you drink coffee how do you take your coffee uh i'll just put it in the keurig and put some creamer in it sugar in it so you're not you're not one of those like black like my soul no. coffee drinkers. I find people that drink <laughs> black coffee, they're like, I only like it black like my soul. Like everyone yeah. makes the same joke, and then they're like, No, I, you can't put anything in it. Yeah, they have to point it out. They have to point it out. Like like we're all weak because we like to put things in our coffee. 
Come on, man. I'm not one of those. Yeah, I'm not either. But also, like, Matt is. So mm-hmm. he drinks, like, three cups of black coffee before he even, like, turns on the lights. Oh, dear. And I'm like, come on, man. Three? Yeah, so he, him and Brian Beeman had this joke when Brian came on the podcast, and he was like, I, he's like, cup one is so I can find the light switch. Cup two is so I can feel like a human again, or vice versa, I don't remember. But it's like yeah. basically two, two, Matt drinks three or four cups before like his morning is over, like before he's on to his day. Wow. That's too much caffeine for me, man. Yeah, I wonder what would happen if he stopped. Um, I'm guessing mood swings and all the, like, the things that happen to cigarette smokers is my guess. <laughs> yeah. That's my guess. <laughs> How do you feel about pineapple on pizza? Oh, it's great. My man, my man. Uh, favorite type of pizza? The Yeti at Pizza Bros. Ooh, what's on the Yeti? They put sausage on it. You can have anything else you really want on it, but they put some kind of honey on it. Interesting. Yeah, it a nice, sweet taste on top of that that cheese that they have. I haven't had that one. I haven't had that one. I may have tried that one. Do you have a favorite pizza spot in Chattanooga? Not a pizza spot, no. Okay, fair. What's your favorite place to eat in Chattanooga? You have a particular spot? You're like, that's that's my favorite spot or that's my go-to spot? Jack Brown's. There you go. They do have good burgers. They do. They're small, but you can get two and you'll be very satisfied. I like that mac, the mac and cheese. Um, I think it's the Greg Brady or the Wayne Brady, whatever Greg it's called. Brady, yes. That one is yeah, barbecue sauce, potato chips, and mac and cheese on a burger. I wouldn't, like, it doesn't seem like it should be, it seems like it's like, all right, well, that's a little weird, but okay. No, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Have you had the fried Oreos? I have. I have what, one, I've got them once or twice, once, I guess. It, that's a little too much for me. Yeah, I can see that. Like, did you, did you like them? Do you like them? Oh, I loved them. So I would, like, it just, like, my stomach started hurting when you said, have you had the fried Oreos? Like, it, it's like, I will, I would definitely still eat them, but I got to be like a few beers deep before I'm like, give me, but then like, you know, then there's no self-control. True. Then I'm just like, let me give me four of those and let's, you know, make some bad decisions. I hear you. Um, seltzer versus beer. Beer. I feel like that's what most people on the team have said. I'm becoming a seltzer guy. Less hangover. I'm also just getting older. Fair enough. What would you name your boat if you had a boat? Are these questions like premeditated or are you just coming up with them on the spot? Uh, most of these are premeditated. Okay. A handful of them have been on the spot, but yeah, this is a this is one I like asking because I don't think anybody thinks about that. So like, yeah. I like to see how people's brains work. Okay. If I had a boat, I would call her. Yonder. Oh, there you go. All right. All right. I'm glad you, a lot of people have copped out of that question. So I appreciate that you at least tried to answer it. I'll take it. Best purchase you've made in the last year. Best purchase. Um, oh, I got a dog. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. how old is your dog? My dog is two. So yeah, definitely not the last year. No, it still works. Still <laughs> works. Listen, we'll count it. No, but I mean, we were talking before the podcast as my tiny dogs were absolutely molesting you with, with just, yeah. As they're staring at me. Yeah. As they're both staring at you right now. Um, but like, yeah, we were talking about your dog and I think pretty sure your dog is, uh, able to eat both of my dogs as a snack. She wouldn't. No, no, no. I'm saying she would, but she could. Yeah. I just know she could. Yeah. It's a problem with fur balls. Now, do you keep her up here or back at home with your parents? No, I can't have any animals in my place. So. Ah, bummer. Yeah. So you, you go, when you go home every week, you mm-hmm. probably some of the motivation to see your girl. Of course. Yeah, yeah dude. Do- dogs are the best, man. Yeah. They're the, I mean, except for these, um, these ones are, no, these are, these are the best that listen, like I'll be so irritated with them because the little one will have peed on something during the day and like, they're just the worst. And then they, they cuddle up to me at night and like, 
all you can't stay mad at them. No, you can't. Like they, and they just love you. They're just dumb. And but they're sweet. They're the best. Uh what percentage of the game do you think is mental and what percentage is physical? Um honestly the older I get, the more I I value the mental aspect. So mm. I'm going to go with 60%, 60% mental, 40% physical. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I like that answer. I think that that's probably where I fall on that. What's it like playing for Coach Rod so far? I, I personally like it because, as you've probably observed from my training, I, I like to use my feet, mm. and that's that's an asset of mine. And he, he likes to play out of the back, play under pressure uh, at a high intensity, and that's mm. that's something I feel that I can deliver. So I definitely like his, his playing style. I like I like his coaching approach. Yeah, so uh, like not to this is not like a com- necessarily compare and contrast or in a good or a bad way versus last year, but this is a very different. I would imagine playing for the keepers, right? Like last year it was oh, yeah. a lot of like one of two things. You can correct me if I'm wrong in this, but let's play long and get it out of here, or let's play long to somebody's head, right. and 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 which is a very valid way of of creating things when you, especially if you're going to be under it, right? Is to find an outlet and whatever else. But yeah. I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, this year's be very different. Ask from the keepers. Polar opposite. What kind of stuff are you uh, are you guys working on? Because we haven't we haven't interviewed a keeper at all. We haven't inter- uh, we haven't had Kevin in, and we had Alec on last year. So right. we're working on playing in tight spaces and and playing under high pressure. Okay. So even when the when sorry even when the other team is coming at us hard, we're still looking to play in between the gaps, in between the spaces, and and really play our way out. Yeah. Whereas last year, if we're under pressure, we're under it. We're looking for the forward's chest. And I mean, those are two different approaches to the game, and both can work if, if done properly. But very different. Yeah, very different. So, do you would you consider yourself uh, more of a sweeper keeper, more of a shot stopper, ball playing? And I know that there's going to be attributes of, of yours that are going to be are going to like filter over. But we did some some podcast episodes, where we, one of which we recently, which I don't know, if, probably come out. This will come out after that keeper episode, which I don't think we've released yet. So, the keepers episode, we talked about the three different kinds of keepers: shot stopper. Ball playing, and then um, what was the other one? Well, I feel real dumb. Uh, anyway, what what would you get? Like, obviously, every keeper has a piece of all of uh, uh, sweeper, keeper, shot stopper, or ball playing. That was the three. Like, everybody has a little bit of everything, but there's usually one dominant trait. Do you have one of those things that you feel like you are? Yeah. First, what do you mean by ball playing? So, ball playing being you're dictating more of the play. So, I would consider Ederson more of a ball playing. Now, obviously, he's one of the, he's the best in the world, right? So I'm using like an example. I'm not asking you to compare yourself to Ederson, but Ederson dominates the game by being unbelievable, like probably the best in the world at, at picking out players with the ball, long, short, whatever. Whereas, and Claudio Bravo did that to a certain extent, right? Victor Valdez did back in the day. Manuel Neuer still does that. But I think people would think more of Manuel Neuer, at least I do, as more sweeper. of a sweeper keeper, right? Yeah. He can do all the other things, including being unbelievable with his feet, but he's a sweeper keeper. That's the thing that like people will be, oh no, that guy is elite at that thing. Whereas, and then shot stopping, look at Matt Turner, for example, for the U.S. Like, that's just one guy, but he's unbelievable as a shot stopper. Yeah. Zach Steffen, much better with his feet, still a good shot stopper, but you would consider them very different. Yeah, my dominant trait would definitely be shot stopping. That's always been my best attribute. Um, yeah, as I've, as I've grown into the game, I'm trying to, you know, have all my other attributes get on that level. Sure, of course. So I'd like to be as good with my feet as I am shot stopping. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're working on that ball playing. Yeah. How do you feel about being a plane? Does Rod ask 
uh, sweeping of the keeper? Does, does the keeper come out a lot, or is it mostly just playing with your feet and shot, stopping shots? He doesn't ask that, but if you study how Kevin plays, he, he plays very high off his line. Yeah. And apparently that's something that Rod likes. So me, you try and be humble. You, you look at what other players are doing well, and you just add that to your game. That's the best part about having competition. So, so yeah. I mean, I've studied Kevin. I look I look how he plays, and if Rod likes that, then I'll sweep. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> obviously, like Rod has brought Kevin in for a reason. Like that—that right. that was his starting keeper last year, and yeah. we don't know for sure what's going to happen. But he's certainly got going to have the inside track, yes. probably. Yeah. So that's that's interesting too to watch Kevin play. Like the thing I've noticed so far, and I've I got to see that Greenville game. I got to watch him at like at Stumptown last year quite a bit. He is very smooth. Mm-hmm. on the ball and he, i don't know for sure toby yeah nick can't play with you right now come here uh, so i noticed that he's not only really smooth on the ball but his decision making seems to be really um maybe effortless seems like the right like he never looks like a little bit like zach Steffen looks if you watch zach Steffen play yeah. when he plays a man city ederson's the like king of that but just looking like you're not you don't care obviously you care mm-hmm. but you know like that's so smooth so non like you know, what those guys will make a clearance, and Kevin looks a little bit like this. They make a clearance with somebody that's one yard away from them, so it looks like they should be like relieved, but they just play it like they just played the same ball that where somebody was thirty yards away from them. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that how he looks in practice? Yeah, that's what he does day in and day out. It's it's again good to watch. And as I said uh, to Rod and to the other coaches during the the negotiation process, I was like, iron sharpens iron. I want to compete with these keepers because I know at the end of the season we're all going to be better. So it's a very high standard. Yeah, and you've you're obviously betting on yourself. I mean, like, correct me if I'm wrong. You're not like on t- in team housing. You know, you didn't wait for them to give you a con. Like you said, you kept your apartment. Mm-hmm. Like you stayed up here. Like you kept your spot up here because you wanted to be here and you wanted to compete and be present and make sure that you, yeah. you know, had the opportunity. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And as Buffon said, if I if I didn't see myself getting better, if I would have quit a long time ago, I would have I'd have been like, hey, I made it pro. Let's call it. No, I won't. I'm, I see myself getting better every day, mentally maturing in the game. So that's why I'm betting on myself. And you're not even in your athletic prime yet. You I mean you're you're approaching your athletic prime in theory. Yeah. Everybody's a little different, but like 25 is for goalkeepers. That's the start. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, I'm learning how to take care of my body as well. Whereas before I was just a kid, I was winging it really. Yeah. So what kind of stuff are you are you focusing on to try to take care of your body better? I mean, I'm learning my body type. I got, I got some big legs, so uh, really. you look like you spend time in the gym, bro. You, you, <laughs> I try. You are not a small guy. You make yeah. me, you make me look like I've never stepped foot in the gym, <laughs> which, by the way, I, I, I don't often, but sometimes. Um, yeah, really, I'm not focused on gaining muscle mass anymore. I'm just doing a lot of cardio. Like today, I ran four miles, and I, I try and do it at least twice a week to just keep my legs moving and, and be lighter my feet nice now do you do you run when you run do your cardio do you run on turf do you run on the uh like on pavement do you run on treadmill like how do you do your cardio sports bar and treadmill yeah do you like you like prefer the treadmill i do yeah because you can control the pace and you can just turn it up in the last five ten minutes if you have to nice that's that's fair now when you're running on that treadmill are, are you listening to something you're not, you're not one of those psychos not listening to anything. <laughs> no. I like the sound of my breath. <laughs> there was uh there was somebody on this podcast that we've, uh, listeners will know we've repeated a lot, of, but there was a Caleb Cole used to do that. Um, he said music was for the week, uh, but do you listen to music or podcasts? Like, what do you listen to? Music, music. I listen to, I listen to J Cole. 
you know, the top rappers, Drake, Kendrick, but I'll also mix it up. I've been listening to a lot of uh, John Mayer, Kruengbin, if I'm saying it right. I don't know. They're like an indie rock band. Okay. I know who John Mayer is, yeah. and I, I know all the rappers you named. I barely know who J. Cole is. I'm a little too old. But, like, I do know who J. Cole is. He's, yeah, he's uh, he's really nice. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I always wonder, like, who people are listening. Because, you know, when you get the older you get, I'm 34, so I'm, I'm 33. So I'm, I'm a little older than you. We're, like, we're the same kind of generation, but, like, the music is going to be so different. So do you, when you listen, like, are you just whatever you're feeling that day? Do you have a particular mix that you've made yourself, like? I'm working on a mix right now, but usually I just put it on shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. See where it goes. I, uh, we just did a, a road trip down to listen to a, co- uh, to go to a comedy show. And the, uh, one of the guys who was running the music, he was using my phone, which was connected. And he put, hold on, let me actually look up what this is called. It, by the way, this mix absolutely slaps. So shout out Austin. It's called being a white girl. Oh. And it's just like all, it's just all it's, I think this is his personal mix, but it's all terrible slash great like pop and stuff on the radio but it's like the first song is stay with justin bieber justin bieber excuse me and then save your tears by the weekend and then senorita by sean mendez and then only human by jonas mothers and then watermelon sugar by harry Styles. it's all this music that like i i do we all hate on some level but also like it all slaps yeah and like it's a road trip mix please share that with me yeah i will i'll uh i'll send it to you um so yeah you're listening you're obviously not doing the psycho thing in the gym not listening to anything which is good um do you, what kind of headphones do you use? Do you have just like earphone, like earbuds? Do you use like big head? Like how big do you keep them falling like, off when big you're. headphones like what we have on now. Okay. Okay. So I was like, I, I don't do a lot of running and whatever else, but I tend to use earbuds, but like the ones that stick in your ears. But if you run for long enough, they fall out mm-hmm. in my experience. So I may have to try to get a bigger set of headphones if I ever start running. Uh, in the off season, how did you do your cardio work? In the off season, actually. I'm not sure if you knew, but I, I tore my groin at the end of the last season. Oh, I did not know. Yeah. No way. I did. I didn't know what you hurt. I did know you got hurt because I met um, Kike, Kike, the dude that came in that was the, the second keeper for one game at uh, Stumptown. Keiko? Keiko. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. dude. I met that guy and he was super nice, but I only met him the one time after the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know you. Like, who are you? <laughs> he was super nice. Super, yeah. super good dude. Hector. Hector, yeah. But I, he, he told me his name was... It's Kecko. That's like his nickname. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I, I try to, re- I, that's why I'm trying to be respectful and like call him by what he told me to call him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you tore, you said you tore your groin? I tore my groin uh, warming up for one of the last games of the season. I'm not sure who it was against. Um, but yeah, it's, I was, I was out for about 10 weeks. So I, I was, I was avoiding training and, and doing anything where I'm cutting or anything that could re-tear it. But I knew it was good enough where I could just run in a straight line. So for the whole offseason, all I did was was run four miles here, two miles there. And then I came into preseason as the fittest keeper. Nice. So you came, you felt like you came in really fit, yeah. even though you couldn't do anything but just run. Yeah, exactly. So Hell yeah. So it, it worked out in some way, but I'm sure you weren't able to do any of the specialized like. No, the training, no. So, so I'm just getting back into the groove now. I feel like I'm getting my sharpness back. From that that time period off, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I knew I had to to stay fit if I wanted any chance of, of getting back into it of resigning. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah, very very smart. I remember seeing you at um at tryouts. I think it was the mm-hmm. I don't remember which one it was. It was not the combine, so it had to be open tryouts because we didn't do. It was just the combine and the open tryouts, right? Yeah. And I was I remember saying you've been like so excited you were back and and trying out. Yeah. So 
did you know Coach Rod at all before you um, started trying out, like, all that kind of stuff? Yes, because during the time period we talked about where I was unsure if I was going to resign with Chattanooga, I I went to Stumptown and I had to try out with them. Cool. Uh, that was the first time Coach Rod saw me. And uh, Kevin saw me as well, and he told me, like, a couple of weeks ago that he thought they were going to sign me just from that from one day of tryouts. But they didn't. I think they had uh, something lined up with another keeper at the time. So, And then you ended up back here. And all's well that ends well. Yeah. And now you're playing with Kevin and Rod. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and betting on yourself is, I think, if kids are happen to be listening to this, which parents don't let your kids listen to the show, it's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, like, bet on yourself. Yeah. Like, that's at least that's what I take from, like, a lot of your experiences. Like, you, I, I feel like you're not letting any obstacle stand in your way of, of pursuing your dreams. You know, they, they told you Phil's coming back. Cool. You know, you weren't interested in, in whether Phil was coming back or not. You were going to be the best you could be and get through and figure out how to sign. I mean, they essentially cut you, at least publicly. And then, like, a month later, like, you're signed back. Yeah. And I remember, like I said, you told me, like, oh, no, like, um, we're not done yet. Like, we're, we're working through stuff. Like, obviously, you were betting on yourself, yeah. which which I, yeah, I admire that, man. Um, yeah. Do you have any soccer superstitions? Things you got to do, right sock on first, got to listen to the same pregame mix, you know. I used to have a lot as as a, as a youth player, but mm, the older I get now, my only superstition is just doing the right things on and off the, off the field throughout the week. If my conscience is clean, then I generally perform better. Nice. So if you if you're staying true to yourself and doing all the things you said you'd do. Yeah, and all my disciplines, like waking up early, then... I just, I feel so much better. Nice. Very nice. Um, favorite pregame meal? Favorite pregame meal. I love a good Panera sandwich. Nice. A Chipotle chicken avocado melt. Okay. Everyone on the team last year knows I was, I was obsessed with that meal. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, do when you eat, do you eat like three hours for the game, six hours in the morning? Like how, do, what does that schedule look like for you? I like to be a little hungry going into the game. So I'll eat probably... Two, two hours before. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. I was about to say, cause I was say y'all soccer players are crazy. A lot of the guys have been like, yeah, I eat at like 11 AM and then we play at seven. And I'm like, dude, I feel, I feel bad now thinking about that. Like, <laughs> like that sounds terrible, but that makes two, three hours for the game. Like that's, that's how I, that's how I would do it. So that, yeah, you're, you're a regular guy, regular human. I appreciate that. I try. I don't know how people go into games hung, like hungry, hungry yeah. on seven, but like I, Pipe was the first one to say that. He's like, yeah, I have a little fruit like four hours for the game. And I'm like, and then he, or something like that. And then he's like, yeah, I eat, you know, I eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't, I'll, I'll, I won't feel good. And I'm like, yeah. I guess you guys run more than me, but. Definitely the field players do. They, I can see why they want to be light as possible. But I just, I would run out of gas, man. I yeah. would totally run out of gas. Favorite post-game meal? Post-game meal? Dos Bros. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Shout out Dose Bros. Sponsoring the wrong podcast. I'm uh, just kidding. Um, no, I love Dose Bros. They're they're great. Biggest trash talker on the field for CFC. And I know this is, this is a new year, so maybe there's somebody besides Nick Spielman that we can say. Yeah. Hmm. It might have to be Brett Jones. Yeah? It might have to be. Uh-oh, Brett. Uh-oh, Brett. <laughs> Brett tried to say he doesn't talk trash. And we were like, Brett, I think I think you do. Maybe it's a practice thing. I don't know about the games, but yeah, uh, in practice, he's always saying something witty. Also, I think like I think most guys don't realize how much they talk. Competitors, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Best hidden talent. And by I say hidden talent, I mean something the guys maybe or somebody that just met you wouldn't know about you, but maybe your friends would say is a talent of yours. Like it doesn't have to be something that is you're exceptional at, but just something maybe people wouldn't guess or wouldn't know. Besides, besides playing the guitar, I don't really know. Okay. Playing the guitar, I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. People might look at you and be like, oh, that guy's a soccer goalkeeper. Yeah. Definitely not a musician. And then, you know, it turns out you're a musician. I'll probably think of something right when I leave. Yeah. Listen, that question stumps everybody. I'm eventually going to have to remove it because, like, nobody's, <laughs> honestly, nobody's giving us a good answer. Uh, like, because everyone's just like, well, <laughs> I, like, I think what, that's going to be a better question for if we do roommate podcasts where you have guys that, like, Live together, like tell about the other guy. What's the other guy's hidden talent? Because hidden talent, by definition, like you may not be aware that everyone else doesn't know. So I may have to remove that question at some point. What do you do in your free time if you're not making music and and uh, I know we've talked a lot actually a lot about your free time today. But if you're not making music and or playing or working out, like what are you doing? And I'm working, coaching, something to make money. Yeah, <laughs> heard. Yeah. Okay. Favorite non soccer sport. tennis i like to watch tennis and, and study their movements because it's very similar to goalkeeping interesting yeah that's just an example of the obsessiveness that goes into yeah into yeah, the sport. yeah no that that does make sense i never thought about that do you have a particular favorite tennis player um this this player that i trained with a few years back taylor townsend um she's played against some of the top players and uh yeah just because I trained with her and I, sure. and, I, and I watched her growth and I saw her mentality and she was very inspirational for me. So, so shout out to her. I actually turned on the TV one time and just saw a random tennis game and, and she was behind and I was like, what? I trained with that girl and I watched a whole tennis game and she came back from behind and, and won and like, that's that, awesome. That foot chills like through my body. I was like, wow. And it, it hits different when you know the person. Yeah. Even if you don't know him well, when you're like, I've met that person. I, yeah. I knew one dude who played in the NFL that we worked together for a summer. Mm. And like, I saw him on and I was like, holy shit. Like it just hit different, man. I was like, mm. that guy was throwing me around in the pool. He, that was also <laughs> the first dude that like showed me that humans are, some humans are different because yeah. he treated me like I treat a three-year-old. Like can just pick him up, throw him around. Like, like you know, but he, I mean, he could, that dude could have co committed a homicide with me. No questions asked. He could have just drowned me. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying he would have. I'm just saying, like, he was yeah. that, like, physically different than me. Like, he just picked me up like a rag doll and just threw me around. Like, he was cool. He was, we were awesome. Like, but it just made me realize, like, some people are different. Like, this dude's six foot seven, 325 pounds. Like, uh, me, and at that point, I was, you know, six foot two, 165 pounds. Like, yeah, yeah he's just, he treats me like he's treating a sack of potatoes. Wow. Wild, wild dude. I hope, hope, Jordan, I hope you're doing well. Jordan Debbie is his name. Um, Favorite TV or Netflix show? Got anything you're watching? I was watching Ozarks for a while. Peaky Blinders. I watched that so fast. That's a really good show. I'm. I'm. Uh, I think I have two seasons behind on Peaky Blinders. I'm one season behind on Ozark. Both yeah. those are excellent. Very good shows. Um, Queen's Gambit was something that I also watched last. I didn't year. watch that. Ella watched that. My wife watched that. Yeah, she loved it. I really liked that one. I didn't have a problem with it. I just wasn't. I wasn't caught up with her at a certain point, and then she mm. just went on and I never watched. I mean I watched a few episodes with her but that looked that looked like a really good show mm -hmm. is that one over over Queen's Gambit yeah, yeah I think it's okay. finished um during quarantine I, I got to watch Game of Thrones and I loved it 
I might consider rewatching it, honestly. Interesting. Interesting. So I did the same during quarantine, but I quit it at like season four. Why? Uh, it just wasn't the same show that it was. It started getting kind of boring to me. I hear you. And like season one was so wild and insane. And then season two was a little more buttoned up because they, they got money and there was stuff on the line. Yeah. And then like, I don't know. I, I, I've had several people tell me like, you need to just go back and watch it and stop being like, but I, we both Ella and I just got tired of it. We're like, eh. So it was like a mutual agreement. Yeah. Yeah. We just quit watching it. So like, I don't know, maybe I need to go back and watch it, but yeah. Also like everyone said like it ends so bad. It ends so bad. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what happens, but like, I don't have that to look forward to. So I I feel like something with that much hype, like the ending's not going to satisfy everybody. No, I agree. I agree. Did you watch lost back in the day at all? Yeah. Lost. I never finished it. So that was another one that people hated on how it finished, but like, I wasn't mad at how it finished because like there was no good way to finish it. Like the show was awesome. And then they got to a point where they just couldn't make anything make sense. So like it's, yes. Is it dumb? Yes. Is it good? You didn't finish it? Probably. But like you didn't miss anything, but also like it it didn't ruin the show for me. What about, um, prison break? I never watched the end of it. So the first season of that show I watched and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And the second season, once they were out of prison, spoiler alert, uh, I was, it just ruined it for me. So then like, I didn't like that. Like the setup was different. Like it wasn't as cool. And then I eventually came back and watched like two or three seasons, but I never finished it. So I don't even know how it ends. Ella loved it. My wife, that was her favorite show ever. Yeah, I like that show. That was, that was something I used to watch in my family a lot. That first season was one of the greatest seasons. Like mm-hmm. like the, the whole idea of like tattoos and getting out. Like it was just so cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, Dexter was another one. Like, Oh, I need to start that. Yeah, watch that. People hate the ending. Don't worry about it. It's worth it. And if you want to be real cool, just go to like two seasons from the end and just tap out. Okay. Seasons, it goes on eight seasons. First four seasons are unbelievable. Five and six are still good. And then like seven and eight are just, they just lose the, like a lot of, they said lose the plot. Look, you. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I did. Yeah. So like they, they ended at the right time. We all wanted more. Yeah. Or at least I don't know if that's how you feel, but that's how I felt. I think that's the time to go. Yeah. So like Dexter didn't. Dexter was at the same time, roughly like within a season of each other. And they just kept pushing a little too long, but it's worth watching, dude. It's so good. Okay. And, I don't know if it's as good now because it's not as groundbreaking because there have been other shows that have done like a little bit like Breaking Bad where the like main character is like dark. So like they're, they're they're a little bit evil. And so like you're rooting for the bad guy kind of thing, which Dexter is like, I mean, the premise of the show is a serial killer that kills serial killers or whatever. Like right. that's the premise of the show. Like I'm not ruining anything for you. Fine. That's first episode. So like that's a little bit like interesting for like how you and I think people they've done more of those now so it might not be quite as groundbreaking but I started rewatching it during the pandemic I watched like the first three seasons again and it held it held up to me like I loved it I highly recommend it so what have you done have what have you not done yet in Chattanooga that maybe you haven't had time yet or haven't had people to do it with or I was just asking my friend about boat rides on on the river or either in on the river or Lake Chickamauga that's how you say it, right? Chickamauga, yeah. Yeah, I would, I'd like to do that maybe on a date or something or maybe just with some family when they come up. Yeah. Nice, nice. There's a dinner boat cruise. Well, I shouldn't say dinner boat cruise. I don't know if they actually serve dinner or not, but there's a there's a thing that cruises up the water and they definitely have some food on it and that, that's cool. Um, yeah, I've also I've always wanted to take one of those ducks, you know, those like amphibious like cars. So they're like they're dry, they drive around, but they're like a boat that with wheels. And so like they just like drive in down a boat ramp into the water and like cruise out. Yeah, yeah, I've always wanted to take one of those. Those look cool. You'll see them in downtown sometimes. They're called ducks. Okay. Uh, but they look they look wild. Have you been to Rock City yet? No. Ruby Falls? I've hiked around it. Not like directly. So I think I think you're a real Chattanooga then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you haven't been either of those. That's, okay, that's, that's awesome. Ba- I feel like that's Jay made that joke uh, a little while ago. And it's true. Like I hadn't, 
I might have been when I was like a tiny kid, but I hadn't been back till like I had uh, Ella's parents here, and I we took them to Ruby Falls, nice. and like I think Rock City and Ruby Falls are both super overrated. But I think Ruby Falls, like if your family comes up and visits and you want to do something touristy, I think Ruby Falls is pretty cool. Um, I think Rock City is totally overrated, but you know that's might be a, that might be wrong. You so might go to Rock City and be like, "This is awesome!" Like Ruby Falls is lame. I don't know. So you'd recommend Ruby Falls? Okay. I think so. Okay. I, I like to. So the time that I last went, it was right after it rained a lot. Yeah. So the falls were like really big. I mean, because it's underground, so like all the water's gonna come down through. So maybe I should have an extra good time. But yeah, I thought it was fun. But I don't know that you'd want to like be like, "Yeah, Andrew said we should go," or or whatever, and then like go by yourself. Like I don't yeah. feel like that would be a good experience. But taking some people to see it, okay. I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, I got to delete that question because that's a repeat. Um, if a movie was, that's the one I was wondering where that one was. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play you? <laughs> sorry, but, really, no, you're good. My friends are going to clown this answer, but probably Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> there you go. All right. I like that. You at least had an idea yeah. after much, much thinking, you know, who Nick Spielman said who the rock. <laughs> why i don't know but i respect it you know why i respect it because if, the, if if you did something in your life that gets the rock to play you yeah you obviously did all right but yeah he, he's somebody else too but i'm gonna forever clown him for saying the uh for saying the rock but That's also hilarious. i love it um who did they i think that for brett jones they said like james franco or somebody i'm not good with actors but they were trying to figure out who would uh who would play brett jones um yeah, man. So I don't have any other questions on this list. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about? Anything you feel like we've missed? Talk about, you know, your story, your life, what you're doing these days? Like, um, Nothing that comes to mind. Cool. Cool. But there's often there's not, right? Like we've had a pretty wide ranging conversation, but I always like to ask that because, you know, sometimes yeah, maybe well, you come in hoping somebody would ask you about something. I mean, I, I did travel to various countries after high school. Like there's a, a gaping hole in uh in, in the storyline all right let's talk about it where'd you go uh, right after high school i was very cocky because i was playing with the jamaican national team i was like you know what i'm gonna go pro overseas and it's gonna be cake so i first country i went to was chile okay i had an agent that, that uh, helped me get get to train with a team called colo colo one of the best teams there i was under the impression that i was going to be on trial with them but that wasn't the case i was just there for training purposes while I wait for a team that would give me a shot. Okay. So, I mean, it was a really good experience. I got to, I got to live with a T.O. and Tia and they took care of me and, and like treated me like their son, but, um, no contract came from it. So I was definitely difficult, but again, I was there for a couple months picked up on some Spanish and every country I've ever been to, I've, I've gotten better from playing there. So I think that was a, huge key in me eventually making it professionally what else did you learn from that experience in chile did that like i mean like did you learn like perseverance did you learn to be less trusting like what did uh like, what kind of lessons did you take out of that time um, for chile i definitely i learned i learned a lot about myself because i was staying in a very small room i just learned that i appreciate being alone i don't mind it mm. Whereas a lot of players avoid traveling overseas because of of the toll that solitude has on you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where else did you go after that? After Chile, I went to Spain because my brother lives there. So he was graduating from college. I just reached out to a bunch of connections and eventually I got one in Spain at the same time as his graduation. 
So I went and visited him there, and then I, I went on trial with a couple clubs there. Nice. Yeah. How was that? Probably one of the best experiences, honestly. I, again, learned a lot from how they play. They, they're very technical over there, as, mm-hmm. as you probably know. A lot of their goalkeepers have to be quality with their feet. So that, <clears throat> that pushed me in that aspect. Again, no contract came from that. I was very disappointed because it just, like, a team was very interested in me, and it just didn't work out for, for reasons because I was too immature, a lot of a lot of bad decisions. Uh, but, yeah, that was the biggest blow for me. But, again, I got, I got better from it. Yeah. Did you go anywhere after that? Yeah, I went to Germany. How was that? Hey. Um... Germany, Germany was good. I can't say it was great, but it was good. I was playing in like a sixth or seventh division team, so it was semi-pro for there. And um, I had to fight for, for a starting spot. I got it. I helped the team get up to second place in the league. So like I was definitely holding my own there. But, um, yeah, I had a very shady agent at the time that didn't really do much for me. So, And there probably weren't that many roster spots to go around at that level either. Yeah. Not paid roster spots, I mean. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the idea was to to play a season or two in, in the sixth division and then and then go up from there. I played the season. I, I did well, started just about every game, and he still wasn't able to do much for me. So, had to. at a certain point, you got to call it because you're not making enough money to support yourself, and you have your parents doing everything they can to support your dream, but you don't want to, like, continue to use them as a crutch and, and have them helping you financially when when you should mm-hmm. be making your own money at a certain age. Was Germany where you finally called it and came back home and pursued college? No, that was Jamaica. I went to Jamaica after that. Okay. And I, I stayed with some family there while playing for, for a team called Harborview. And it's like a huge toll on my body because, as you know, Jamaica is a third world country still developing. And um, the fields and the facilities just weren't enough for me to, to stay 100% fit, mainly the fields because I'm, I'm diving all over the place and, yeah. and we're playing on very rough grass with, with rock underneath. And with, with me going hard for five days a week and my body to be mashed up by game by game day, I, I couldn't sustain that. Yeah. So that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to play in school, continue to get an education and just, just stay in the game because I know if I'm still playing that something might come up. And did, that, did all of that experience make... Um, you getting in with CFC and eventually getting that shot sweeter, do you think? Or did that give maybe give you the uh, some of the judgment or the, the stick-to-itiveness to be like, I'm not taking no for an answer? 100%. 100%. I think that's that's the craziest part of, of my story, I feel like, is every everywhere I've been, every country I've visited, I've, I've learned things, I've grown, I'm just maturing physically and mentally, and, and just gained a lot of grit and perseverance. Yeah, from, from from failing a lot. Yeah, I don't really fear failure as much anymore. I'm not gonna act like I'm fearless, but I, I just it's happened so many times. I know that all I have to do is just say, okay, where did I go wrong here? Adjust it, and let's go forward. I've I've heard some smart people say like you you fail forward, yeah. like and that's like obviously there there's like a negative to like there are people who get too many cha- like whose parents bail them out or like mm-hmm. you know, there, there's like a, there's a way to refer to like nepotism and failing forward but there's also a way of like 
if you keep trying at something and you keep you stick with it right and you keep failing but you keep learning you're gonna make progress yeah and like obviously you've made a ton of progress after quote unquote failing yeah so it's not really failing if, if you're getting something yeah. from it it's just learning yeah and yeah exactly no one door opens another door closes i mean there's so many cliches but like they're, they're cliches for a reason like they're true in a lot of cases and obviously like if if you're listening to this and you're like hey uh, you know, I've, I've made a dead end job. This sucks. Like, yeah, cool. Go find something else. Like mm-hmm. go take a, take a risk, you know, <laughs> very true. Figure it out. Like, you know, the, I, I don't know, like, I don't know that a lot of people would have gone to four different countries yeah. and still, and still been trying to go to that fifth. They're still trying to <laughs> keep going. Maybe yeah. they would have been like, ah, this is a, I guess it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not like I'm going to these countries and they're telling me, yeah, you're not good enough. It's, it's always been just missing or just failing to prepare properly or something going wrong in the negotiation process. So I'm like, you know, I'm not, not that delusional. Whereas if they were like, you're not good, I'd be like, okay, then I'm not good, but I'm getting good feedback. I'm, I see myself getting better. So that's just why I, I keep doubling down and investing in myself. Like, as you said, as you quoted from Buffon, like if I wasn't getting better, I would, I would have called it a long time ago. Yeah. Do you, what, when, whenever you do call it, whether that's now or 20 years from now, mm-hmm. will it be because you're not getting better anymore? Like what, what, what do you think? Obviously we don't know, but what do you think right. will cause you to call it? It'll either be that I'm not getting better anymore or my body is just like, no, can't go anymore. Yeah. I feel like that's a, that's a hard one. As you mentioned about like in Jamaica, like having, if you beat up your body too much, like at some point enough's enough. Right. Right. You don't. So, so like I hear stories about, Brad Guzan now the starter at Adelaide United like he he goes to to warm-ups trains for about 45 minutes to an hour and then he calls it he doesn't take too many reps because he knows at this point it's just maintenance just taking care of his body interesting mm-hmm. yeah I mean he's played at a very high level so it's it's also cool they trust him to yeah to make that make that call because he's you know he's older and like he's not what he once was but like also he's still an extremely good keeper and he's played at a, a very, very high level. Well, dude, I'm glad you didn't, we didn't forget, we didn't miss that part of your story. Cause I think like yeah. that's a piece of your story that's, um, that's really significant. And I, I hope people, uh, will, will have enjoyed that. Um, if people want to follow you on social media, if they want to like check out maybe your music, if you have it public at all, like now's your chance to like plug where, uh, what you've got, where you've got, like, okay. you know, I mean, you, and you can, you know, we can put any of this in the show notes that we want. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, let me know, uh, let, let people know where they can find you, where they can follow you. Just follow me on Instagram at Nick underscore Nelson 96. And um, yeah, I should be releasing things very soon. If all goes well. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. And they can, and if you guys want to see somebody journaling on their porch, uh, at, at, waking up at 5 a.m. Waking up at 5 a.m. Like that, that Instagram stories are great for that. You can, you can follow the boys. That's, I don't, I don't put much out. I put a little bit on Instagram here and there, but I mostly consume stuff. And like, yeah, following the guys is one thing that you can do on Instagram. Instagram stories. I feel like this generation isn't, uh, I mean, like people share stuff all over the place, but like my generation and, and generation definitely before me, uh, that's now all over Facebook. Like maybe you were sharing your life on Facebook, but I feel like your generation and my generation as well is starting to share more and more stuff on like Instagram through pictures. And like, it's a cool like window into people's lives, you know, see how people are spending their days. Mine are mostly pictures of my dogs while we're walking, but, uh, or, or used to be food. I used to post food a lot. That was the classic Instagram thing. But yeah, thank you for, for being so generous with your time for, sure coming in and hanging out um yeah any final words i have one question for you yeah 
how do you feel about the merge between uh between uh Stumptown and Chattanooga, you know? I mean, we all know Rod brought a lot of players over. How do you feel about it? Okay, so I love it because if you're thinking about like how you're gonna build a team, Rod got to essentially not fully because there were a handful of guys that he didn't get to bring back. Um, you think about Luis Garcia Souza, who was um, I would imagine he would have tried to bring back, was a very very good player. Reese Williams, like uh, people, listeners to this podcast are probably tired of me talking about that guy. Like he was unbelievable right back. I think he would have been a great fit. But I mean, he got to bring back Colin. He got to bring Kevin Gonzalez, which I have no like problem. I will, Kevin Gonzalez wasn't high on my list because I didn't think we needed a new keeper, but I'm if Rod like wants to bring in a keeper, I got no problem with that. Like seeing him essentially get to renew a whole roster of people for two rosters. Like I like that. I think that's important. And I what I really like about Rod is that he seems to have a really clear vision about what he wants. And that makes me really excited. Not in contrast with anything else. Like I'm not saying like Fuller did or didn't or any of that. What, what going forward, whoever's at the helm, whether it's Fuller or Rod or whoever, I want them to have a plan. Right. Um, and I really appreciate that he looks to be really, really clearly invested in his plan. So I'll, I'll say it a, uh, in a different way. Like you look at Taylor Gray, right? So he he renewed the guys from CFC. Yeah. He renewed the guys from Stumptown. Brought them together, and then the the second signing he had, first signing he had was Ian Saro, which everyone seems to think was a no-brainer, and I do too, like, now that I've seen him, but I just didn't know a lot about him, but he seems like a monster. Yeah. And the way you're smiling, I can tell you, you agree. Um, but seeing Taylor Gray, like, Taylor Gray was released by the Bobcats, mm-hmm. like, and seeing how seamlessly he fit in, looking at what he did against Greenville, like, looking at him just in general, the way he fits like an absolute glove into Rod's system gives me a lot of, um, like, faith in, like, Rod's plans. Mm-hmm. You never know what's going to happen. Like, the best laid plans, like, you know, never know. But I love that he, when he, when I look at a guy like Taylor Gray and I go, look how quickly he was able to pick up a guy that other teams didn't see value in. And this guy, I think is going to be a starter for us based on the little bit that I've seen, but but how dominant he was, how good he was like that. If, if Rod's that right about him, what else is he right about that? I'm not. And so like the stump him looking at the stump guys that he brought in, like I'm excited about most of those guys and I'm excited that he has a plan with between the Chattanooga and the stump guys. And then looking at how he's going forward, I'm very, very cautiously optimistic for the season. I think we're much deeper than we were last season, last two seasons. Um, just overall like talent top to bottom. Um, that's not to say like in every position we're deeper or in every position we're better because I don't think that's always the case. Right. But top to bottom, I I think that there's this top, this is deeper than last year and that will mean we'll hopefully weather injuries better. We'll be better when dips of form happen. And I'm hoping too, being a systems-based coach, that we take this Stumptown system and, and the build on it with the CFC players and the Stumptown players and the other pieces of the puzzle that we've added so that we get better and better throughout the season as opposed to plateauing, which can happen in a lot of like, you know, if you don't, and I'm not saying we came in without a plan last year. I'm not trying to contrast and compare. I'm just saying when you come in with a plan, yeah. I do think you have the ability to get better. If you look at Pep Guardiola's teams, they get better throughout the season. Right. Who knows what happens, but you want to get better as the season progresses. You don't want to just get halfway through the season and be like, oh, like we've reached our potential. We are where we are. We're not getting better and we're not going to get better. Right. I agree hundred percent. So yeah, I had no problem with this Stumptown sign. If like I know there's people that like there are people who look at it and go, we signed too many Stumptown players. I see that online under underneath. I think that's a post. I think that's a, re- a reductive and dumb take. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. If we sign players that aren't good enough from Stumptown, that's a fair take. Mm-hmm. 
and, and time will tell if that's true or not. But I think people are just looking and going like, we want somebody new and Stumptown wasn't that good last year. By the way, we weren't that great either. Yeah. Like we finished, they finished one point out of fourth. We finished tied for fourth. Right. Like we could have, we, one loss goes different and we're down below them. One win of theirs goes like the whole middle of that, that league was rough. So like if the players are good, the players are good. Yeah. If they're not good, they're not good, but that's a different thing. I, if we're, if we're just going like, we don't want a bunch of Stumptown guys cause the Stumptown guys weren't, didn't have a great season. Like get out of here. That's a yeah. dumb take. Like in my opinion, like that's just a dumb take. Like you're either, you're either a good team. We may be halfway through the season. And I may be like, why did we sign all these Stumptown guys? But like, that's looking at, I mean, Colin Stripling is a hell of a player. Very, very like happy. He's here. I think he's a great fit. Like Alex McGrath is awesome. Like I, he's high on my list of players in Nisa that I would have liked. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't, there's none of those guys. I mean, Travis Ward, I don't know him super well, but like, seems like a solid player. Like mm -hmm. again, Kevin Gonzalez, same thing. Like seems like a solid keeper. Like, um, Frankie Martinez, very good center back. Like, and I think he fits like a glove and rod system. So like, yeah. unless he's starting guys that are obviously inferior to the guys that were already here, mm -hmm. then what am I complaining about? I hear you hundred percent. And a lot of these guys, every guy you just named is, is class like in the locker room and on the field. So, I mean, it's about time we start referring to them as Chattanooga. No, they are. They're ours now. Listen, they're blue now. Mm -hmm. Like, once a blue, always a blue, right? Like, I mean, the the minute you made the team last year, you were always one of us. I'm super glad to have you back. But, like, that's the that's the CFC thing, right? Like, you're one of us. Like, they're now one of us. And, like, hopefully it all goes well. And we will, you know, spend our time at, at CBC after the game. Like, hopefully celebrating wins. But also, like, let's mourn our defeats, too. Like, we're... Knock on wood, like maybe we'll go undefeated, but I kind of doubt it, right? Like, so if we don't go undefeated, like, you know, let's do the thing we do and let's bond together and like, hopefully we, you know, we win this weekend and we win the next weekend and we keep winning, but also like, those are our guys now. And I got no problems with any of them. None of them are wearing Stumptown colors anymore, so who cares? Truth. Maybe Stumptown will come back. Maybe they will. <laughs> well, Nick, thank you again for being generous with your time, man. Appreciate it was a pleasure you. having this conversation and, uh, yeah, if people want to find me on the internet. You can find me on Instagram uh, if you search hard enough, and you can find the pod on Instagram and on uh, Twitter where producer Jay mans the stuff. Thanks, everybody.